This is exactly right. On the 12th season of Tenfold More Wicked, we investigate a series of compelling mysteries from the city of Fall River, Massachusetts, where problems started generations before Lizzie Borden's murders made her a household name. Join me as we cover the misfortunes that have befallen this infamous town for more than 150 years, including the Great Fire of 1843. Season 12 premieres Monday, May 13th on Exactly Right. Follow Tenfold More Wicked on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Scott, are you ready? Oh, Curdy B, I am ready to laugh and laugh and laugh in 2022. North Korea claims Kim Jong-il invented burritos. <laughs> I did not <laughs> I did not think you were going to say that. Oh, burritos. Okay, sure. The guy's great at golf, so why didn't he invent a famous Mexican cuisine? All that and more on Bananas. gals non-binary pals welcome to another delightful episode That's of right. bananas That's scotty yes. landis across from and that me. is my homeboy curdy b kurt brownoller kurt how you been what's new what's good have you already stopped your new year's resolutions have you failed i have not stopped my new year's resolutions okay. uh going strong i'm gonna try and mm-hmm. do i'm doing 100 days just like you did of no drinking oh great uh and so going strong we're what we're 10 days in so mm-hmm. no problems mm-hmm. so far uh yep. other than just being slightly bored at night <laughs> that's right <laughs> The only thing is, is it makes movies and TV a little more boring. But I got to say, around like week four or five, yeah. all of a sudden I started sleeping like better than I've ever slept as an adult. That oh. was the thing that convinced me I'd made the right decision. Oh, cool. All right. I, I would wake up and be like, oh, is this is this how I'm, I've supposed to been feeling for the last 20 years? It's just yeah. like I have energy and I don't need to drink an entire cold brew to feel like a human being. <laughs> Right, that is the mornings are easier to like get going. Yes. Um and, but I am excited. I am excited to kind of be in new territory because I think like mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. probably since I like probably for the first last 13 to to 14 years, mm-hmm. I've never really taken a break from no. drinking. Maybe 10 10 days was kind of like my max, you know. Right. If so, you have to shoot something on TV, you're like I'll lean out for 3 weeks and I'll lose yeah. some of that face weight. Yeah, and then I wouldn't even do that. I would be like, 10 days! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm keeping the face weight, folks! Yeah. <laughs> Take it or leave it! And people it's are leaving so it. People are leaving it. No, um, no, no. So, hey, so uh, what is your... Did you do a New Year's resolution? My New Year's resolution is to see a ghost. <laughs> but water I wanna, came. I was drinking water. Yeah, you were and it just water. went out my nose a little bit. And man, that is uncomfortable. Oh. That's... <laughs> You know what else is uncomfortable? Seeing a ghost. I've never seen one. I've been told. Kristen Shaw one time asked me if I've seen a ghost, and I said no, and she turned and looked me dead in the eyes and said, oh, you will. So I thought my friend Bailey swears that she had one in her apartment in Santa Monica. Our mutual friend Rachel Olson talked to me and told me a story about how pennies would appear in other rooms and fall to the floor. So I think in 2022, the Great Quar continues somehow. I'm going to try to go to very haunted hotels and okay. places, and I want to see a ghost. Are you starting me? 2022 resolution, ghost. Are you going to start at the Stanley, or did you already do the Stanley? Because we did it for Shaw's uh, wedding. I'm going to start at the Stanley, maybe. I love that in Estes Park in yeah. Colorado. And uh, I'm going to just go to haunted places. You know, maybe I'll smoke clove cigarettes and write poetry in cemeteries. <laughs> I don't know. But I want to see a ghost before we ring in 2023. Scotty, I I wish you the absolute best in doing that. And also, just so everyone knows, Scotty is in Tahiti right now. Yeah. Show me the ocean again. Show me the ocean again. 
I'm in Punahuia on the West Coast. It's raining right now, but I am 10 feet from the ocean. Wow. I uh, got here before New Year's, and as things keep surging in the States, I... I sent you that article. I don't know if we talked about this, but I did get lucky enough, and I, I sold another pilot this year to AMC. So I'm just writing in here, and I can be here. And so I get these little huts and shacks along the water, and I've been in Bora Bora and Moria, and now I'm in Tahiti. So That's zero so complaints. Exciting. Grateful for all of it. Thank God. The grind was worth it. Ten years of being a loser in New York, totally worth it. <laughs> and uh, and on and on the home front here, Olive School mm-hmm. got canceled uh, because oh, of fun. Uh, the thing that shall not be named. And so now, That's right. now it's like, well, what, were you going to try and get work done this week? Nope, you go F uh, yourself. Uh, that stinks. Yeah. You know what's cool, though, is how many Bananimals DM us on Instagram with screenshots of you on the many, 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 many <laughs> different TV shows you've been on. You've become one of those guys, Kurt. You're everywhere. Yeah. Nobody knows who I am, but I'm on a lot of different things, guys. Well, now they hear your voice. They're like, I heard the voice, and he's on New Girl. I heard his voice, and he's on Sonny. I heard his voice, he's on Bob's. And I'm like, yeah, the dude is out there. Let's just try and keep making it happen. You want to hear about uh, Kim Jong-il? <laughs> yes. This is so I great. I do want to hear about Korean burritos. Very good, by the way. Uh, so this was sent in by many people, but the, I first saw it from at autumn K underscore five on Instagram. Thank you. Uh, this is a Newsweek. North Korea claims Kim Jong Il invented burritos. Uh, this was <laughs> written by Adam Staten on uh, January 7th, 2022. Ooh, he's good. He's really good. And here he is the best in the men, isn't he? He's the best in the beeswax. Absolutely. That guy's good. So this is the craziest part. Uh, I'll just read like the beginning of this uh, because pretty much all th- everything you need to know is in the title. Uh, next time <laughs> you're heading to Chipotle and you wonder who actually invented the burrito, you should know that yes. there is one possible, though unlikely, origin story making the rounds. According uh, to North Korean media, burritos were invented by the late Kim Jong-il. The bizarre claim uh, from the notoriously reclusive country comes from the state propaganda outlet Rodung Simon. Uh, the report said that the dictator, the father of North Korean leader Kim Jong-un, uh, actually came up with the burrito in 2011 before he, <laughs> before, <laughs> 2000, before he died of a heart attack. Uh and then it goes into like more details. Uh, yes. It says, however, instead of calling them burritos, the North Koreans call them wheat wraps. Uh, mm-hmm. Additionally, to a company that claim a video shows the wraps being prepared in a kitchen, street vendors selling them and people enjoying them in the streets of Pyongyang. Uh, this is, uh, it's I incredible. love it. It's beautiful and wonderful. I it's love, I love the late date for the invention. Um, yes. That is, that's, it's like, it's, if you're going to lie, you're going big. That's what North Korea does. <laughs> They're going to go big, real big. Big, big. Big, um, big, big. And I just wanted to, since this is the the latest in a long line of, of amazing, amazing mm-hmm. accomplishments for Kim Jong-il, mm-hmm. I would like to go into just a few of the other ones. Yeah, and I mentioned in the open the golf one. So if you don't have that one handy, I, I remember have that one on the top. Okay, good. Here it's it is. incredible. <laughs> this, this is from The Guardian. This is from an article uh, in The Guardian written there by... But it doesn't say anybody. Okay. Uh, so here it is. Uh, when Pyongyang's... And if I'm not saying that right, I apologize. First golf Pyongyang. course opened in 1994. He was given the honor of playing the first round. When he came to sign his card at the end, it stated that he had... Shot a 38 under par round, which there included 11 holes in one. His 17 <laughs> bodyguards were put forward as witnesses to his remarkable feat. Right. Um, and I think it was his first time playing golf. That's the other detail. The first time he ever plays, just 11 holes in one. Very easy to do. <laughs> uh, and here is uh, in 2000. In mm-hmm. 2000, Scotty. I don't I've think you know about this one. A okay. new food invented by Kim Jong-il called um, Gogi Yepabang was Sounds introduced to, to North Koreans. It was described as double bread with meat, but took on the uncanny appearance of a conventional hamburger. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that reminds me of a story. <laughs> uh, Double bread with meat. And in 2006, another culinary revolution was introduced on Yang. Uh, I don't know if it's Yang Il or Jong Il. I think it's Jong Il. Jong Il's yeah. orders in an attempt to alleviate food shortages, the breeding of giant rabbits. Now, this I read about. So there is oh, a boy. guy in, I think, Germany who breeds okay. giant rabbits. And these are rabbits the size of, like, like big dogs. Yes. <laughs> okay. So North Korea reached out and they're like, we want to breed giant rabbits because we have a food shortage. The guy was like, no problem. He sent them 12 giant rabbits. Yeah. Uh, and then three months later, uh, they were all fed to Kim Jong-un <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. at, at one meal, at one meal, according to his uh, chef who defected. Uh, oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, uh, and then here's another fact. A government website okay. once stated that Kim Jong-il never needed to urinate or defecate. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's a time saver. Yeah. <laughs> what, a, what a treat. Road so, trip master. Burrito, hamburger, great at golf, and never pee-pee and poo-poo. And he's amazing. Yes, if you guys... Okay, so you mentioned him invi- inventing the double double meat bread or whatever yeah. it was called. Okay, so Curdy B and I wrote on a show called Money from Strangers. It was on MTV for two seasons, created by our good buddy Rob Anderson. And the idea of the show was the host, Jeff Dye, would walk down the city streets in New York City and walk directly up to a stranger and say, do you want to be on a game show right now? You can win $1,000 in 20 minutes. And a lot of people said no, because that's crazy. But a lot of people said yes. Mm-hmm. Then we would give them hidden earpieces. Kurt was also on the show as a, as a guest comedian. And we would have hidden body cameras all over them. We would stash cameras in the business. The owners of the business knew what we were doing, but none of the employees did. It was a really fun show, and I bet it's on Paramount+, Plus, but don't quote me on that. So anyways, one of the games that always stands out to me is we sent somebody into Katz's Deli. Mm-hmm. Very famous deli yep. in New York City, famous for pastrami <laughs> sandwiches, famous for... It's famous for when Harry met Sally, the uh, I'll have what she's having orgasm scene. That's Katz's Deli. Yeah, I love so this sent, story so much. It's crazy. It's one of the best games we ever had on that show. So we send in this nerdy white dude. He's wearing a backpack that has cameras on it. He's all mic'd up. We have hidden camera guys in there with like secret cameras. And he walks up to the counter and it is so packed. It's a huge deli and it's lunchtime and it's slammed and we're doing a game show. (laughs) And so we do a couple of simple things like for $50, go over there and sit down across from that woman and say, I'm starving. And then the person does it. We laugh in the van and they've won $50. So we get a few in, and he goes up to the counter, and the guy behind the counter is a very tough New Yorker, like a big man, uh, shaved head, pretty intense. He's got his apron on, and he's like, what can I get for you? And we said, for $50, order a sandwich that goes meat, bread, meat. So meat (laughs) on the outside, bread in the middle. So simple. Not that crazy of a thing. And so the guy's like, what do you want? And he's like, I want a sandwich. And the guy's like, what kind? He goes, meat, bread, meat. And he goes, what do you mean? He goes, I want meat. I want bread. (laughs) I want meat. And the guy's like, stop playing, man. What do you want? Pastrami? We got corned beef. What do you want? He goes, okay, I'll take corned beef. And the guy's like, okay, you want mustard? He goes, I want no mustard. I just wanted meat. (laughs) Meat. So this New Yorker, this the guy behind the counter starts to get angry. His eyes bulge. He's getting pissed at this nerdy guy to the point where he thinks the guy is messing with him directly and starts it's his face changes. So a curtain drops over this counter work, this deli guy's face where we actually sent our contestant away. We were like walk away, walk away. We thought he was going to get his ass kicked. Whoa. <laughs> Just for asking for meat bread meat. So he walks away, and the counter's, I don't know, let's say the counter's 50 yards long. So he walks down the end. That guy follows him the entire way down. There's not even making sandwiches where he is. And he's like, are you a traveler? Are you a journeyer? Or like whatever. He's like, where are you from? And the guy's like, I'm staying on Lexington and 24th or whatever. And he's like, uh-huh. You're funny, huh? And so we're like, oh, my God, this guy's going to kill oh, this no. contestant. Oh, no. So then, the, so we walk away. We keep playing the game, and then he goes back up to order a sandwich again. The game continues, and that guy finds him again. The counter clerk comes over to our contestant, and he's like, "What do you want, man?" And the guy's like, "I just want to order a sandwich. I just want to order a sandwich." And the guy's like, "You can order anything you want." And so we go for another hundred dollars. Say, okay, in that case, I want meat bread, meat bread, meat bread, meat. <laughs> 
<laughs> the guy just loses it. I, I swear to God, his face turned so red. The owner uh, who was in on it yeah. uh, had to run over and grab his guy. And we're like, get out of there. We sent our lawyer in. We sent the showrunner Robin. Everybody goes in to save this guy from getting his butt kicked by this giant for ordering a meat, bread, meat, bread, meat, bread, meat. <laughs> And the kid, the kid ended up winning. We ended up having to give him the thousand dollars because, like, for his own personal safety, we yeah. had to get him out of there. Oh my god! <laughs> what do you want, man? So yeah, if you guys are ever bored, and you know, don't give <laughs> don't give restaurant employees or deli workers a hard time. But if you ever get a little loose, order that meat bread meat and just see what happens. <laughs> and god, also, just just to be clear, this was before uh, what it was it Kentucky Fried Chicken that has the meat. As yes, the bread, the double yeah, down, yeah, the yeah, double down. We beat the double down. This was pre-double down, so no one had heard about meat, bread, meat, meat, bread, meat, bread, meat. And the guy, God, he almost killed him. Oh, Ugh. that's so great. I love that um, so much. You know what's one funny thing that occurred to me when I was out here? Is I've never been to Tahiti before, but when I was a freshman in high school, we had to do summer reading. Remember mm-hmm. that? You'd have to read like two fiction. And oh two my God, we had to read whatever. so many books. Yeah. Over the summer and coming in from eighth grade from a different school into a big public school, my sister's boyfriend at the time or a male friend at the time was like, you know that they just give those to all the teachers. Like the English department doesn't read those. They give it to the gym teachers. They give it to the science teachers. So basically they don't want, the teachers don't want to be reading your book reports anyway. So he said, Scotty, just do what I do and write that your nonfiction book is called Life on Tahiti and make uh-huh. up an author's name. And I did it for four years in a row. I would write a fake book called Life on Tahiti and make <laughs> up facts about Tahiti. And my fake author's name was Don Muldoon. <laughs> you know, a good Irish. <laughs> it's called so, My Life on Tahiti? No, Life on oh, Tahiti. Oh, just Life so, on Tahiti. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, the Irish, <laughs> it's the Irish author's definitive explanation of what Life on Tahiti is like. Written by a 13-year-old boy from Maryland who didn't know what ocean Tahiti was in. Pre-internet, so I couldn't Wikipedia what anything about Tahiti. So I'd be like, it's a fishing culture. They love sailboats. Try the pineapple. So anyways, if you're a high schooler and you have to do summer reading this year, Life on Tahiti by Don Muldoon. Keep the tradition alive. It worked every time. So here's my question. What of what you wrote as a 13-year-old is actually true about Tahiti now that you've been there? Um, the, a lot of pineapples. <laughs> they are big pineapples here. Tahiti, huge on pizza, which I didn't know. Pizza huge on is pizza. like the number one food. Pizza and Coca-Cola, extremely, extremely big out here. Okay. It's French, it's French culture also. So it's, um, it's Hawaii with French restaurants. The people couldn't be nicer. It's beautiful. It's clean. It's, it's, I, yeah, I'm totally blown away and I'm going to try to stay as long as I can and Man, it's a uh, ride it out, ride it out, Scotty. Hey, we got Zoom life. And we got Zoom we can life. Do the podcast from anywhere. And I was shocked. I was like, because when I heard you were going to stay for the whole month, I was like, "Fuck, man, what is the time difference between LA and Tahiti?" And I looked it up. Yeah. It's two hours. Two hours. It's so crazy. It's just underneath Hawaii when you look yeah. at it on the on the, the you know the globe, the round thing. I'm it's like at right the globe there. All the time. I'm <laughs> never not looking at Olive it. has a. <laughs> Olive has a globe in her room that we got at a yard sale, and it's from, I think, 1985. Yes. Uh, and so, like, all of Europe is wrong. Do you know what I yes. mean? Like, it's just like the Soviet, the United Soviet Republic is the, oh, yeah, all USSR. of the big piece. Like, there's the Ukraine Rhodesia. doesn't exist, like, all this stuff. But she'll spin it, and then she'll put her finger down, and then we'll, like, talk yeah. about, like, that country or whatever. Yeah. The amount of times that it comes up, on countries that no longer exist. I'm just like, we could just skip past this. It's a big chunk. The USSR is a big chunk of the globe. Oh, yeah. It was. Oh, yeah. Burma. Yeah, that's so good. That's a great game. Everybody played that game. It's a great game. Where will you live in the future? Spin a globe, drag your finger. Yeah. And it usually is, yeah, the Cook Islands or something. (laughs) Um, All right. right. Give me a story. So I found this one myself goofing off online. Oh, hell yeah. It was on people.com. I'm loving people.com. And it was me? written by Olivia Jaquiel or Jaquiel, who is, even though I don't know her name, I do have to say she's the best in the business. I love people.com. Um, I subscribe to people and then ask them not to send me the magazine. I just want them to know who I am. I want right. the people at people to know who <laughs> Kurt Brownoller is. Okay, give it to me. <laughs> 
Texas woman gets a very New York reaction after yelling, I'm engaged, out of her city window. <laughs> you know where this is going. I do, indeed. A Texas woman who recently got engaged didn't get the reaction she was hoping for after telling the New York City the big news. In a video posted to TikTok, who isn't using TikTok these who days? Who isn't? Kurt? Us. Us. Got to get on it. We need a TikTok ambassador for bananas that handles it, but I don't yeah. want to deal with it at all. I know. I might, I might, I might create an account. All right. Anyway, let's go. Anyways, uh, in a video posted to TikTok last week, Bailey Kenworthy can be seen excitedly yelling, I'm engaged, New York, out of an apartment window after her partner popped the big question earlier in the day. Shut the fuck up, a cyclist <laughs> said below. <laughs> <laughs> Ken, Kenworthy turns to the camera and says, I love it here. <laughs> now, I did not know this, but Friends, TV show Friends yes. fans will know that yelling, I'm engaged from New York City streets is an iconic reference to an episode of the beloved sitcom in which Chandler proposed to Monica and she screams the news from her balcony. Kenworthy says, I love that this video is blowing up. She's employed at University of Texas Medical Branches, urgent care. I don't know why that's a detail we needed to know. But she enjoys when others laugh at her jokes. Um, she's got a good yes. sense of humor about it. I love yeah, it. Yes, she's cool. I'm blown away at how people in their 20s love friends. It is love every it. time I come home, the baby, whoever the babysitter is, they're yes. mostly in their 20s. The babysitter has friends on every yes. single time. I'm just like, this is multiple different babysitters, yeah. like varying ages, but mm -hmm. all like in their 20s. And I'm just yes. like, blow, like so surprised that friends would be the go to to watch. Friends in the office. Uh, and I read a thing recently that said that the reason that those two are so pop a new girl, I think, actually. Too. Oh, OK. New girls on a lot. During very stressful times, which mm -hmm. the Great Quar mm -hmm. has been, people watch shows that don't surprise them because it's comforting. Where instead of watching something new that can cause any anxiety, they're basically trying to self-medicate with TV shows that they know are nice and fun right. and they won't get surprised by. And when you think of Friends, that's exactly what it is. Oh, it's hell easy. yeah. It's, it's a great show. It's one of the greatest. Oh, it is. But... It's very enjoyable. Meanwhile, I'm over here watching Station Eleven, which is about a <laughs> pandemic where everyone dies. <laughs> By the way, Station Eleven on HBO Max is is amazing. It's so good. It's great. It's so so good. Watch it. The first episode is going to give you uh, uh, PTSD. It is going yeah. to give you PTSD. But if you get past that first episode, it's really interesting. It's fascinating. It's just TSD. Really well made. It's live. It's yeah, going to give you it's TSD. Not, yeah, it's not There's nothing past. post about it. There's no post. <laughs> it's just traumatic. <laughs> no disorder. You're going to get some TSD. So I do, sure you're in a comfortable place. I, I know you found that story on your own, but I do want to say that yesterday, uh, Bennett Willis did send that in. That's oh, egg, great. That's Eggs Benedict. <laughs> that's Eggs Benedict <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, on Instagram. And the post had like a very good title for it. Newly engaged woman told to shut the fuck up by NYC. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that's, I mean, thank God for Eggs Benedict. Um, I I think I told a story before about seeing Kelly Ripa. So I'll tell this other one. I years ago I got invited when I was writing on Workaholics. I got invited to go to a NASCAR event in Fontana, California. That's okay. their NASCAR track. Okay. Anders from Workaholics couldn't go, and many times I get slotted in, probably because I'm taller than Blake and Adam. So the three of us go to NASCAR, and their whole thing, like NASCAR's PR team or whatever, was like, we need to get more entertainment people. We want more movies about NASCAR. We want more TV series about NASCAR. So let's get a bunch of sort of entertainment types out there. So we go, and we're meeting all the drivers. They're all young dudes. They all love Workaholics. It was really fun to be like in the inner sanctum. And then we go to this VIP area to watch from the infield. And we walk in and it's Adam, Blake, and I. It's Logan Paul. It's the <laughs> werewolf kid from Twilight, who I don't remember, Taylor or Tyler. <laughs> Taylor, I think. Um, it's Channing Tatum. What? It's the guys from Orange Coast Choppers or some, some, uh -huh. some car show. Uh, Orange Coast Customs. Um, and so then we just are given Bubba's burgers and we watch and we're just supposed to learn. And then we get to go down the pits and sit above the pits Whoa. before it starts. Yeah. 
they're like, do you want to walk across the finish line? And so it's already loaded in. There's, you know, 70,000 people, the infield's packed, the pit crew area's packed. So we're walking on the track and just getting a little tour and it's all those people. So you, and you know this, and I know this, when you're around a, a really famous person, you're invisible. Yeah. You're actually invisible. And the right. more famous they are, you, you could be on fire behind them. And exactly. people would be like, oh my gosh. It's Channing that's Tatum. That's Beyonce. Exactly. <laughs> so in that group that I listed, to say I was invisible, I honestly could have just started like sniping people with a bazooka <laughs> and they would have been like, there's Logan Paul. So we're walking and I'm just hanging way in the back. I'm letting all, and the crowd's like, oh my gosh, that's, you know, bumper from Pitch Perfect. Oh my God. And I look over and the way these women were looking at Channing Tatum and he wasn't looking at them at all. His hat was pulled low and he was just like walking and listening to the, the NASCAR guy. And these women were like, that's Channing Tatum and like girls, grown women. And I'm just, I'm watching all of this like a feast for the eyes. And then I see this mom. 40-something mom and her teenage daughter. And the mom, right when Channing walks by, goes, I would fuck you! <laughs> as loud as... And I was like, oh my god! And it was like the hardest cat call I've ever heard in my life. Just to scream at somebody six feet away from you, I would fuck that's, you. That's the mom. The mom said that. That's the mom with I her hands it. on her daughter's shoulders. Oh, I love it. I love that the idea behind that <laughs> is that... The the issue Channing Tatum is having is that he simply can't find anyone who will fuck him. <laughs> so that that is the one piece of information that you need to offer. That he's right. just he's looking. He's having such a tough time because yeah, nobody's willing. Can't get laid anywhere. They're like, this get that guy. magic Mike Dick out of my face. God, this <laughs> poor guy can't meet women anywhere he goes. <laughs> Not at NASCAR events. <laughs> not everywhere he is his entire life. His entire um, life. And think about how ex- it must be exhausting. It must yeah. be exhausting. A, it must be exhausting to be famous, A. Yeah. But B, to be like a sex symbol must be even further exhausting. Men and women. I mean, women have it 10 times worse than men. Absolutely. Um, but like that's, oh, man. It, you couldn't go anywhere. That would suck. It was, ins- I mean, we were, it was crazy. And like to, it was that he was, she was there with clearly her daughter. That made me just go like, well, this family, they party. This family knows how to party. <laughs> and I just was laughing my ass off. Then we walked across the finish line and watched the race. And we've never been back. <laughs> Oh, that's I would. Good. <laughs> of course you would, lady. I think everybody in this pile, and most of the dudes too. There's seventy thousand people who would fuck Channing Tatum. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it was All right. awesome. I'll tease you, uh, and then we'll take a break. Here you go. I love a tease. Here you go. Uh, Ninety Day Fiance star retires <laughs> from selling farts after heart attack scare. <laughs> oh, we got sent this one a, a lot. lot. Uh, well, we're going to gas it out on bananas. Folks, we're back on Bananas. Listen, we haven't talked about this in a while. And uh, if you're hanging out, sitting there, the thing you can do right now that would super help us out is if you went on over to Apple Podcasts and gave us a review. Uh, It really does help the show. And if you could tell somebody about the show... That would be awesome as well. We're just, yes. you know, try, we're, still, we're still growing here. We're, we're still growing, growing, thank goodness. Well, and, and welcome to all the new bananas, too. We have so many bananas. people that message us and go, we're a new listener. We love your theme song. It slaps. We go, that's old. Don't say that anymore. But uh, <laughs> welcome to all the new bananas and the word of mouthers and the people that are binging all. I have no idea how many episodes we've done. Yeah, and uh, to make it even easier for you to uh, give us a review, you yes. can go to the website ratebananas.com, R-A-T-E, bananas.com, and it That's brings you right. right to a link. It's boom. It's right there. It's right there. Yep, so. and we love the uh, DMs. Keep the DMs coming, and we are getting a little slower, guys. We have gotten to the point where it really is so much. We, we will respond to you, but 
within a day is becoming harder and harder, so don't feel neglected. Don't feel skipped over. We'll say, hey, but give us a, give us a little breathing room. Scotty's got to reach over from his, yeah. his, his towel on the beach of Tahiti That's right. to tap it out. So just yeah. give him time to reach over, folks. I got to get a wet ones out and get that pineapple juice off my fingers. <laughs> Life on Tahiti, Don Muldoon, fake book. <laughs> Belongs on the shelves of the Bananas Fake Book. And to anybody who hasn't used the little 30-second skip ahead at this part, a few shout-outs. Happy belated to Sean and Rachel. Uh, for their artists and musicians. We love artists and musicians. Mm-hmm. From Brooke, Rachel and Sean, happy belated. Happy birthday to Billy from Kelly. Billy had me on uh, the Nothing to Fear podcast oh, last nice. year, and I had a wonderful time. So happy birthday, Billy. Thank you so much for having me on Nothing to Fear. Check out Nothing to Fear. And just a shout-out. This is just a lovey-dovey shout-out from to Oleg from Jasmine. Oleg, you lucky SOB. Jasmine loves you so much. <laughs> and honestly, Kurt and I do, too. Thanks for listening, you two. That's beautiful. You got any, Curdy? No! Kurt sneezed. Kurt sneezed. Guys, this is live to tape. Do not mess around. I sneezed far away from the microphone and then came um, back. Uh, and let's dedicate this episode to sanitation workers. I was thinking about that the oh, other yeah. day. And our buddy Chris was a sanitation worker for many, for many, many years. And so we do know the ins and outs of sanitation. It's not an easy job. We give it up for you guys. Thank you, men, women, and everybody in between. Uh, sanitation people, you rock the boat. This one's for you. Here it is. This one was Sir. sent in by Rainy Day Explorer. Look, a How lot of get that name? hundreds of you sent this in. Hundreds of you sent this <laughs> in. Uh, Rainy Day Explorer was the first I actually saw it on. This is, yes. <clears throat> look, I this was covered in every major news outlet. I'm sure you guys are familiar with this story already. Uh, but I, I, and I looked, I looked, I looked. The New York Post did have the snappiest version of this. Of I don't know why. They did. Look, we're always we're always try- look. We're we're not. We don't love the New York Post. Hell no. We try and avoid it, but they do Absolutely. have very snappy writing. They will grab you with their headlines. That is their specialty. Yeah. 90 Day Fiance star retires from selling farts after heart attack stare. <laughs> this was written by Yaren Steinbuch. So thank you, Yaren. You're the best yeah, in the biz. Thank you. Very good at the business. Yes. I mean, here's how it opens, Scotty. Oh, boy. And as it should open, every mm. article that does not open this way misses yes. it. She yep. had a fart attack. A reality TV star <laughs> who launched a gassy venture peddling her fancy flatulence to strangers, Stephanie Mato, 31, blew away people on social mm. media so when good. she recently announced that she makes more than $50,000 a week selling her farts. That's a lot this of money. Was, this was, when this broke, this was sent in a lot, too. We, mm-hmm. we, we, we did not cover it at the time. We did not post it at the time. We don't no. want to be doing too much fart stuff. Or reality show stuff. Or yeah. reality show stuff. This is not in our wheelhouse, okay? No. We're not However, two boys. once it bumped, this bumped it over into the, yeah. this is the story of the Truly century. Bananas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Connecticut resident had gained international recognition after appearing on mm-hmm. the reality show 90 Day Fiance and later mm-hmm. started her own YouTube channel, wrote books, books, multiple books, and founded an X-rated subscription site called Unfiltered. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Uh, an entrepreneur, okay. if you will. Yeah, smart woman. She then really made waves with her oh, olfactory business by capturing her emissions in jars and selling them because she, quote, thought it'd be a hilarious publicity move that would get a lot of people's attention. She was right. She's very smart. This She's is, a genius. She is a genius. Like She's a genius. She's a MacArthur fellow to me. Hands down. Okay, yeah. but after making $200,000 in sales, <laughs> $200,000 in sales. That's but who only knows? one month. Who knows Two hundred. Who knows if it's $200,000? Oh, the IRS knows. They're going to come for her. She's, she's bragging about her money too much. They're going to light her up. Well, she's lighting herself up, but yeah. they're going to get her. The influencer has announced her retirement when she passed one too many and got the wind knocked out of her jam press reported. Come on. Come on. Best in the business. Best know. in the biz. Uh, Mato was rushed to a hospital with chest pain she feared were symptoms of a heart attack, according to the outlet, after ungoing undergoing a battery of tests including blood work and an ekg mono was told that her pain was the result of her steady diet of gas inducing beans and eggs wow she really went for it that's commitment too she didn't just like blow 
bad breath into a jar and go, I farted. This woman was actually making gas happen. And this is what's confusing to me. I, <laughs> I almost feel like. Okay. I almost feel like all of it's fake. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. why would you fart into the jar? It's yeah. people are, I mean, is it because people are paying $1,000 per jar that she feels like she has to fart into the jar? Is Quality there a control. video? Yeah. Is there a video that she that accompanies uh, it where she like says the person's name, like full name, and has like a, a New York boy. Times with the date on it? <laughs> yeah, proof Like over her butt, and then it like goes, and like, why is she even doing this? I mean, proof of life to fart in a jar for some. (laughs) I mean, it's a funny thing to send to somebody. And if that's your your kink or whatever, live how you want to live. We support anything that consenting adults do. Yeah. And it's just it's just fascinating. I guess maybe it took my theory is maybe that this took off a little too much, like the piece of press about her making so much money farting into jars that she didn't want to be known as just like the fart lady. And so that she had to like then be like, I had to go to the hospital because I was farting so much. So now I'm not doing it anymore. I'm no longer the fart lady. I'm the heart attack lady. Uh Okay, so, quote, I thought I was having a stroke and that these were my final moments, Motto told Jam Press. I was overdoing it. The self-proclaimed fartrepreneur, that's her word. That's a stretch, but yeah, yeah, that's a stretch. It doesn't, uh, entrepreneur, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Had squeezed out up to 50 jars worth of farts a week to keep up with demand. That's That's a lot. lot. And even added protein shakes to her diet to make them more pungent. I remember that within one day, I had about three protein shakes and a huge bowl of black bean soup. Sounds like a normal day for me. I could tell that something (laughs) was not right that evening when I was lying in bed and I could feel a pressure in my stomach moving upward. It was quite hard to breathe. And every time I tried to breathe in, I'd feel a pinching sensation around my heart. And, and that, of course, made my anxiety escalate. She called a friend. friend brought her in. Uh, it was clear she wasn't having a stroke, but it was very intense gas pains. Uh, and she also had a panic attack because of gas pains. Uh, she was advised to, to change her diet and take a gas suppressant medication, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, which effectively ended my business. Yeah. I... Support small businesses, you know? We, yeah. we support small businesses on this podcast. Absolutely. But, I mean, she... Wow. She's a genius in the fact that not only did A, she make this much money doing this, uh, B, that she got this much publicity, but C, got publicity yeah. about it ending, about her stopping to do it. Like, that is so yes. smart. She's, yeah, she stayed in the mix. She found a way to keep the narrative going, yeah. and you got to respect it. There are a lot of people out there trying to go viral for equally dumb or, or weirder things, and it just doesn't always happen. Um. Okay, here we go. <laughs> So she she said people have like a lot of different, some people loved it because they have like a fetish about this and they loved it so much. We're not yucking anybody's yum, which is a very old phrase. And I think it's Mm, funny to say it, but it slaps. uh, It does slap. Oh man. (laughs) It is off the chain. Uh, (laughs) And uh, she says her family is relieved. Uh, Here's the last two uh, lines from the article, which are beautiful. Uh, Even though I got backlash, I think it has opened a new door for me. I'm working on digital fart jar artwork at the moment, Matto said. Of course she's doing an NFT. Of course. And I think everything happens for a reason. And although my fart selling days are ending, Mm, I'm going to save the money I've made and will put some into crypto. (laughs) There we go. And all credibility <laughs> goes directly, like a fart, out the window. My it's God. It's just like, she just is like, I know which words to say. Do you know what oh, I mean? Oh, God. Uh, this is yes, just going right. to get more right. people she talking. She knows all the buzzwords. She knows that's all the right. buzzwords. This will get more people talking. At the end, I'm going to tell them I'm putting my money in crypto. They can go fuck themselves. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, well, they did it. They did it. I love it so much. She's so smart. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, you got to give it up for her for making money off of something silly. Cause you got to figure half of that hundred thousand were people just sending somebody a, as a joke. You know, there's all, I, I've been sent to potatoes. I'm pretty sure you can send bananas now. My friend Casey sent me in a tube that opened and had a spring loaded, um, glitter in it. And so no. then I just, in my car, glitter, no. just a glitter bomb exploded. There's oh, all okay. kinds of novelty, male, funny things. And 
she capitalized on her very small amount of fame. I'm assuming she's a an attractive woman, and she went for it. I I think a glitter bomb is uh that's that's mean. That is mean. Were you cleaning yes. glitter out of your car for like eight years after that? Yes, and it was sent to the PO box, <laughs> and she was like, um, um, "Why did you open your mail in your car?" I was like, "Why wouldn't I?" <laughs> I was like, Would so you have I can... preferred I opened it in my living room? Yes, right, exactly. <laughs> opened it at the gym. Hello, boys. <laughs> but douche. <laughs> no, it was it was pretty impressive. All oh, right. that is so funny to me. Give me another good one, Scotty. Hmm. This one's pretty fun. There's some good ones. This was sent in by Big Swede or possibly Big Sweetie. Okay. Uh, S W E E D E. Thank you, Big. We'll go Sweetie. That's cuter. Uh, from Yahoo News, written by Joshua Zitster. Tough name, great writer, best in the biz. Woman deliberately runs 49 red lights in ex-boyfriend's car to rack up fines after he left her for another woman. Whoa. Okay. All right. Whoa. Runs 49 red lights to rack up fines in her on her boyfriend's car. car. Okay, great. Got it. Genius. An angry woman was arrest, uh, arrested in the Zhejiang province in eastern China after she deliberately ran 49 <laughs> red lights in her ex-boyfriend's car. The woman, identified only as Lou, asked a man named Chen to rent her partner's Audi, um, to rent her former partner's Audi, I guess. I don't know how that happens. Chen then handed the car to her, uh, and with Lou... They used the car in a two-day marathon of committing traffic offenses. This is so, I mean, this is so good. This is like every Carrie Underwood song come to life. Uh, Zhu and Lou also ran 49 traffic lights before they were finally stopped by the police, the newspaper added. The car belonged to someone known only as, I think it's Jan, and I apologize if I get that wrong, who, according to the Global Times, had dated Lou before leaving her for another woman. Following question by police, it was revealed that Lou had come up with the plan to rack up fines as in a bid to spite her ex. Wow. Uh, Zhu, uh, Lou's accomplice, was reportedly promised a date with Lou Whoa. if he joined her four-wheel revenge plot. Whoa. He was also arrested. So he's the real sucker in this situation. Oh, poor guy. Yeah. But great plan. So wait, I mean, is, dangerous is it, to run red lights. Oh, but. yeah. But is it also, is it is it in China that the offense is connected to the car, not the driver, or did she just not think it fully through? Cause it's it doesn't Sounds matter like what crime of passion to me. Yeah. It just doesn't matter what car you're driving. It's who's driving the car, right? It's well, like it's, no, I mean, if it's a traffic cam, it's, it's just grabbing, it's just grabbing your, your, Oh, right. It's just grabbing your license tickets. Your, I mean, that one of you is one of the funniest photos I've ever <laughs> seen. I, we have to put this on I this will, episode. Yeah. We have Maybe to remind got one for running. Or, well, he was taking a left-hand turn on a red light. You I was taking a left-hand. Yeah. I wasn't running a red light. I was taking a left-hand turn. And so like it went, it turned as I was in the middle of the left-hand turn. That, uh, yeah, it is just me with the <laughs> biggest smile on my face. Just like, like mid, mid joyful laugh as yes. I, as I break the law. Yes, it is so funny how joyous you were driving. And everybody takes a left on when the light turns red on. You take that left. Yeah. And you finish it off. I love this level of revenge and pettiness. I feel bad for the guy that thought that this would get a date out of yeah. it. He didn't say if they got the date. But that's you don't want to date the person that does that to the ex because what happens if you break up? Yeah. You're, you're toast. Oh, yeah, exactly, right? Yes. Um, have you ever had anybody commit revenge? Did you ever break up or have anybody really retaliate? I had no, one. I have no, I have no retaliation, but I do have like a deep fascination with an mm -hmm. ex. I have one ex that uh, that like cut me off completely. Uh, and since I've yeah. only had like four, I've only had like mm -hmm. four girl, like major, you know, major yeah. relationships mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. There's just one that I have no idea. And like, I'm always like, every, like once every cup, like a couple times a year, I'm just like, what could she 
possibly be doing? Like not in yes. a not in a like oh, I want to get back together, but more just like a, I would be just fascinated to know yeah. because she she was just she led such a crazy life, and I was just like I hope she's alive. Uh, yeah. But and she what kind happened? of just abandoned you. She kind of just left, and then there's so not only is it no closure, but there was no sense of you didn't know what you did wrong or if you had done anything wrong. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, when I was at University of West Florida for a semester living with my homeboy, Franco, we had a neighbor. Uh, we lived in apartments on campus. They're really cool. And um, I shared a bedroom wall. So my apartment touched another apartment's bedroom wall with this young woman named Kara. We were in the same year. I guess we were sophomores. And we were friendly. And her roommate was like, Kara's, Kara kind of likes you. She, she likes you a little bit. And I was like, that's cool. I was single at the time, but I, I, I wasn't as interested in Kara as she was in me. And she kept coming over, and she kept coming over later. And like she would show up with like a 12-pack of Bush Light just to drink beers and mm-hmm. watch TV. And so one night we're drinking beers in the apartment. I think Frank goes asleep, and she kind of makes a move. And after kissing for a little bit, I was like, Hey, like, um, I'm not really interested or whatever. Um, so can we just like hang out and be friends? And she's like, why not? And I was like, Hey, I just, uh, I was just like, I was like, Hey, we're better as friends. And she was like, well, we went to Seville quarter and we danced and stuff. I was like, we did dance. I, I do like that. That is true. Everything you're saying is true. I'm just not interested. She's like, Oh really? Fine. She walks out of the apartment. It's probably 11 PM. She goes back over and so because we share a wall, if you play music loudly, oh, you no. could hear it. She puts on Limp Biscuits Nookie uh, <laughs> as full volume at 11 p.m. She, so it starts with this like record scratch and Fred Durst going like, Chocolate Starfish. It's the worst song. <laughs> it's so dramatic. Also, it's so, it's so telling of what time of your End life state. this was. and state. It yeah. would be even funnier if it was done today. Do you know what I mean? If it wasn't like a a, a somewhat current song, Incredible. like it's even funnier today if it was Nookie. Like that so, is uh, okay. So, so she blows. I mean, the speakers are blowing out. I can't, and it, so it ends. And I'm like, that is so intense. Then it starts again. Record scratch. Chocolate starfish, and starts again. And it starts again. <laughs> starts again. So she puts this on repeat. So I sleep in the living room. I think Franco could hear it in his room. So I sleep in the living room thinking, okay, after a few hours, this will be over. Uh, 24 hours later, uh, it's still going full volume. And I'm on uh, Instant Messenger, on AOL Instant Messenger. She's not responding, not responding, not responding, not responding. So I go over and knock on the door. Her roommate, Amy, wasn't there either. So finally, I get her number from the student directory, and I call her phone. And I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I'm at my mom's house in Tampa. So she just put on Nookie on repeat full volume, then drove to Tampa from Pensacola. Wow. Yeah, crazy. I mean, and this is after we both had six or seven bush lights. You know, we were, we were having a night. And I was like, can you just please come back and turn it off? Like, I was like, I probably lied and said Franco was bothered. Like, I couldn't sleep there. I was staying at my friend Russ's house. And she was like, no, you should have hooked up with me. And then she just goes, boom and hangs up she said boom <laughs> hangs up and it went for two more days two more days no you should have hooked up with me boom click and then <laughs> never responded again I, we never talked again even though we like parked in the same parking lot but yeah she nook she gave me the 72 hours of nookie treatment <laughs> and whenever that song comes on in some crappy movie or some mtv rewind thing or whatever it just i mean it was so it's the worst song it was torturous. Oh, it is Boom. so. Oh, it is so funny too, when you hear a song that many times that yes. there is that 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 like deep deep brain connection that you oh. cannot remove. I remember it was I stay I slept over at my friend Paul Amalchenko's once exactly once in all of my times uh, in high school. And for some reason, he put the Spin Doctors, <laughs> that like dragon album on, oh, and it was just on Spin Doctors on, and he just put it on repeat, and then we all went to sleep, and then it just played all night really? long. Yeah, at like kind of like moderate volume. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think we were <laughs> drunk when we went to bed, uh, yeah, but it was no. in high school, and then it still woke up, and whenever I hear it, all I can see 
Like I hear any song off that album, I can just see the bottom. Of, I was like sleeping on the floor. Yeah. I can just see the bottom of his bed because I was just lying on my side, just listening to it play nonstop for eight hours. Yes, yeah. that's such a good point because my main memory is of the sofa that she and I were sitting on in our living room, which had very coarse upholstery, oh, like a very yeah. Like if your elbows were on it too much, it felt like they were rubbed raw. And I had to sleep out there for like a <laughs> night or two because of Nookie in the other room. Um, but that's weird because that is my besides her like getting mad, the bush lights and that sofa. Those are my memories. So something about that fabric and that song are intertwined forever. Uh, <laughs> good job, Kara. You've, you've made a lifelong impression. Oh, man. No, you know Oof. what it was? Wait. No, it was oh. the Soup Dragons. That's oh. who it was. I like the Soup Dragons. They're it better the than soup- the Spin Doctors. Are they? Mm, yeah, they're pretty cool. I get them confused a lot, I think. I think, well... What was the Spin, spin Doctor? Doctor? I'm looking spin like... Spin Doctors the... was Two Princes and Pocket Full of Kryptonite and... Yeah. Uh, Little Miss Can't Be Wrong. Those were their yeah, it bangers. Was, I think it was Soup Dragons. Soup Dragons had a song, I think, called Divine Thing. Yes, it was a, it was a soup dragon. So it's divine mm-hmm. thing is when I hear mm-hmm. that. That's what the that's when I see it. Um, so wow, Both that's interesting. Both yeah. very bad names. I think that's maybe why I confuse spin doctors with soup dragons. I haven't been to a concert in a soup very dragons. long time, and I. Um, it's funny. There's like different ages in your life where it's not your your literal. It's not your numerical age. It's just your physical age where you start mm-hmm. to like different things and you don't know why. And then you talk to your, your friends that age and they're like, "Yeah, me too." And it was sit down concerts. All of a sudden, sometime <laughs> in my sometime in my early thirties, I was like, "I don't mind sitting down for a band that I like." Like I. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like basically just turning to dust and blowing away in the wind. I know. It's so sad, isn't it? Because I remember I, I hated all of my 20s. It was like yeah. it was like maybe a core belief of my yes. personality <laughs> that one should not sit down at a rock show. It was like yes. deep in me. And so I remember like going to mm. see like, I think it was like Radiohead at, at Radio City Music Hall. Mm. Good one. And it was like, People were sitting down, and I was furious. I was so yeah. mad at them. Yes. I was so yeah. angry. Uh, and now, oh, yum, yum, Ooh. yum. Hollywood Bowl show. You go to the oh. Hollywood Bowl. You sit down and I watch do. a have band a, that you've liked for a long time. Have a picnic? Have a picnic? Have a picnic, have a picnic and watch some music? Oh, soft cheeses, hard meats. Mm-hmm. If you have soft cheeses and hard meats, the Banana Boys will show up and have a picnic at your rock show. <laughs> <laughs> hard nuts and soft fruits? We're there. That's us. Wait a second. Now that I'm saying it and reliving this in my head, it wasn't Nookie. It was Rolling. It was the stupid song Rolling. Ugh. Equally bad, terrible song. Sorry to all the biscuit heads out there, but whew. anyway, so let's wrap it up tight. Wrap it up tight. Mm-mm, this was mm-mm. sent in by Gerard Theron. Ooh, um, thank you, Gerard Theron. I've never heard of this is the first Theron other than Charlize I've ever heard of. I wonder cool if he's from South Africa. This is uh, in Vice, written by Matthew Galt, who is B I T B. Yeah, he's awesome at writing. The last time the Suez Canal was blocked, a utopian communist micronation was formed at sea. Oh yes, yeah, baby. This we is love so a interesting. So we all remember this is back. Uh, this, of course, was published back when the Ever Given. Um, the mm-hmm. the giant dick drawing cargo ship got stuck mm-hmm. in the Suez Canal. <laughs> Everyone's clear about that, right? That they went out of their way on GPS to draw a dick before getting stuck in the Suez Canal. Everybody's yes, clear about did. that, right? It's absolutely did. They drew a dick and then got stuck in the Suez Canal. And, yes, they did. It's so insane that one ship for six days decimated the global economy is so crazy still haven't recovered we still, still haven't recovered there's still it's just so every time you want to do anything it's like uh, supply chain issues it's like yes. i don't know what it means or why it's happening i went to ikea because i was bored and i was like well that's a big place to walk around and every i was like oh that lamp's cool not there everything's empty yeah. and they're like yeah supply chain it's not here yeah crazy shoes every time i go like i wanted to buy shoes and i went to rei mm. every shoe is just like supply chain <laughs> all the normal it's size like, yeah you're wearing a women's six and a half right now like i understand why you can't get a car because it's like some microchip is not available like mm. what part of the shoe is not available <laughs> <laughs> is it the shoe made of just stuff that's about <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, the, speaking of which, I, have you seen a pair of Tom's shoes in the last two no, years? No, I have not. Me neither. That Talk about a sinking ship. That was went from everybody had them to nobody had them, and honestly, probably good riddance. I don't know if they were a good company or not. But Well, if they did what they happens. said they did, then they are a good company, right? Because okay, they were like, supposed to like donate a pair for every pair you buy, right? Yes. Um, Sadly, it was a pair of Tom's for every pair you buy, but yes. <laughs> You know, just a dinner napkin wrapped around your foot with cardboard <laughs> stapled to the bottom. But yes, it's a great concept. It is a great concept. All right, here it is. Uh, for six days, the giant container ship blocked the Suez Canal, captivating mm-hmm. the world and preventing sex toys and other important goods from making it to their destination in a timely Thank fashion. You. I do believe we covered that. Um, we mm-hmm, laughed, we, we memed, uh, but we did not remember our history. Last time ships got stuck in the Suez Canal, they were yes. there for eight years. <laughs> oh, from oh my God. I ni- didn't know that. Yeah, from 1967 to 1975, in the aftermath of the Six-Day War, 14 ships were stranded in the Great Bitter Lake, a salt lake connected to the canal. Unable no to leave, the crews dubbed the Yellow Fleet because of the desert sand that eventually covered them, developed wow. their own society at sea. This okay. society developed its own postal service and stamps Amazing. and held version of held a version of the Olympics in 1968. I mean, Um, whoa. Yeah. The ramifications of stranded ships also led directly to the creation of the mega container ships we see now, which may have helped lead to the Ever Given saga, which is fascinating. Oh, okay. Uh, Trouble began in June 1967. Egypt and Israel went to war in what's now called the Six-Day War. Though that specific conflict only lasted six days, the fallout from it would stretch on for decades. Peter Flack was serving as the third mate on the British ship, the MS Agapenor. Uh, Quote, the captain communicating by pipe and whistle called up to tell me that he just heard the war had broken out between Israel and the Arab states. Flack told author Kath Senker for the book Stranded in the Six-Day War. If you see anything unusual, please let me know, but don't tell the Egyptian pilot. That's weird. As part of the conflict, Egypt blockaded the Suez Canal. It blocked both ends of the canal with scuttled ships, debris, and sea mines to prevent its use by Israeli forces. That's crazy. They just... They just put mine. Yeah. They just like sank ships and put mines. Um, the sounds Ag- like Kara from UWF. Jeez, <laughs> sorry. The Agapenor and other ships sailing from West Germany, Sweden, France, United Kingdom, Poland, Bulgaria, Czechoslovakia, and the United States were stranded. The ships floated in the canal, watched the war unfold around them. Uh, the world was less connected in 1967 than it is today. The ships had access to radios and were able to call home. Uh, so but cool. Egyptian authorities eventually asked them to stop. Okay. Oh, uh, as the crisis wore on, the Canadian government negotiated the exchange of some crews from the ships. Mm-hmm. So then basically, over the next eight years, a weird system developed. The companies that owned the ships were allowed to cycle crews through the ships, maintaining skeleton crews to keep them afloat, but weren't allowed to sail the ships out of the canal. So as time passed, the ships communicated with each other and grew into community. They formed the Great Bitter Lake Association to administer to the needs of the crew. Insane. Uh, According to a Time article from 1969, the crew's biggest problem was boredom. Quote, to while away the time, they take part in lifeboat races, play soccer on the broad deck of the largest ship. They attend church services on the West German ship. They watch movies on the Bulgarian freighter, the Polish freighter, the Jakarta, even print stamps for the maroon vessels. Uh, And then Egyptian postal authorities allowed stamps to be used as legal postage. Yeah. Um, This is interesting. They form society. This is like, yeah, that's pretty wild. And they wow. just drank an enormous amount of beer. So immense amounts that of beer sense. are consumed in the heat, says one crewman. There must be five feet worth of beer bottles on the bottom around each hull by now, which is crazy that they just threw them. Again, 1967, different, different time. time. Different, different time. time. Just different throw time. them over the head. That is literally... <laughs> when I lived in New Jersey, and I've talked about this in my stand-up, we would, we would, when you got McDonald's, it was everyone I knew did this. As you were driving home, you would eat it in the car, and then as you finished, you would throw it all out the window. (laughs) Just driving down the highway, roll the window down, and the bag of McDonald's would go flying out the window. And everyone was just like, yep, that's right. That's the way things are done. 
And no, and you've spent the second half of your life uh, correcting that. You yes. were the first person I know to drink out of a Nalgene bottle, or like a, <laughs> a so to reduce plastic. You've, I think, you guilted yourself into yeah. being the new Captain Planet. <laughs> uh, so basically, they did all this. They had an Olympic Games. There was fourteen events. Um, a soccer playing dog named Bulbul participated in the games and was awarded a medal. Absolutely, um, sure deserved it. So, yeah, and then basically because of this, the only reason that ships were kept a certain size was to get through the Suez Canal. But because Mm. it was blocked for eight years, they immediately started making bigger ships. So, quote, after the canal closed, there was an almost overnight demand for a 25% increase in oil tanker capacity. The shipping companies began to build even bigger super tankers, and there was an explosive growth of merchant fleets. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, so that is why the Ever Given got stuck, because it was wow. so big, because it was like a super, super tanker. It was making up for lost years for yeah. the eight years of this weird... The, the cycling, the cruise in and out's the weirdest part to me, that they were uh-huh. like, ship stay, and then other people had to go take over. Like it, it's, it's like Lost. This yeah. was like the TV show Lost, only it really happened, and it's more confusing somehow. Isn't it fascinating? And it's like, I don't even, I don't even know what a skeleton crew for a tanker of that size would be at that time, but there's a photograph. Yeah, everyone's crew. shirt shirtless, sweating, drinking yes. beer, smoking, playing the guitar, and in Speedos. Like, it's, mm. oh, it's, mm. it's Wait a crazy. <laughs> this sounds pretty good all of a sudden. <laughs> hey, now. We'll see, we'll see in 90 days when Kurt's back off the wagon. This is going to be <laughs> F-U-N. See you in the Suez Canal. Uh, well, that's it. Another episode of Bananas, folks. Scotty, thank you so much. You got it, buddy. Happy 2022 to everybody. Thanks for listening. We love you. Bananas. This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com.